1: You decide your own future. And for this, there is no such thing as too early or too late. Whether you're a millennial or a Gen Z, the future lies in your hands today. Working on your future could take you months, weeks, or years. But today, let me tell you a secret. With just five minutes, you can now set up your plans and secure them just download BPI's mobile app and you will now have access to Philippines' most trusted bank. If you're not a BPI client and do not have an account yet with BPI, you'll just need a valid ID to open your new account and then your canceled plans will now go back to life. You can also enjoy shopping online, transferring funds to your networks, and even pay bills while having the convenience of being inside your home. Plan your future now in accordance with your freedom and personality. There is no easier way to jumpstart your future than to download the BPI mobile app and open an account online anywhere today. Hashtag Kaya Yan with BPI.
0: Hello. Hello. <coughs> podcast network asia
1: project loving myself podcast is brought to you by podcast network
2: asia and podmetrics when i reached that point that i learned to accept what i was trying to hide and actually be open about it bring it to the light it lost its power over me
1: you're listening to project loving myself podcast a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love mental fortitude and self-discovery hosted by life designer and well-being coach sanaya gurnamal hi I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hello, beautiful, and welcome back to another brand new episode that puts the spotlight on you, because you are important, you matter, and you are loved. And today's episode is all about embracing and loving every single part of us, even when we are different, even when we don't feel accepted, and even when we don't belong. Our guest, Abby Asistio, discovered that she had a condition called alopecia when she was just four which made her different from the rest of the kids her age. And the challenges didn't stop there, but she learned to embrace her individuality and celebrate her uniqueness. It may have been quite the uphill climb, but she now knows her worth and she confidently shows the world who she truly is. Her passion and enthusiasm in life continuously burns bright as her love and dedication to her music, her advocacy, and her purpose remains resolute. She truly has created a positive impact in the country. She continuously uses her platform to express herself and uses her voice and music to inspire people. So without further ado, let's welcome Abby Asistio, singer, composer, host, alopecia awareness advocate and the founder of Alopecia Philippines. Welcome to the Project Loving Myself podcast, Abby. Thank you so much for having me, Sanaya. What a beautiful intro. Thank you. I appreciate that. Abby, there were so many beautiful things to say about you, so I could have gone on for longer, (laughs) but I will keep it for our interview, which I'm so excited to get into. Now, Abby, you see yourself as a work in progress, as you said, yet you impact and inspire people with your advocacies all the time. So how do you balance both aspects of yourself, the learner and the leader? Well,
2: just like what your title is, Project Loving Yourself, it really is a journey about being comfortable and accepting who you are. And I guess the balance comes from being able to celebrate your uniqueness and your beauty, but at the same time, knowing that you could still be better and there's that best version of yourself that you're still aspiring to become. So giving myself a pat on the back for for where I am so far, but I know that there's still so much to learn and I could still elevate and grow
1: as a person. You know, Abby, I'm so glad we started off with that and that you look at yourself as a work in progress because I think that If we were all to look at ourselves as a work in progress, life would be so much easier. I think we scrutinize, you know, our little flaws or our little details about ourselves that we criticize when in fact, you know, if we actually were a lot kinder to ourselves, if we, you know, we didn't try to be so perfect. (laughs) And patient. Yeah, you're right. You know, I think we try to be perfect. And we try to do things the right way and get very upset, frustrated and angry, Mm -hmm. when things don't really, you know, come out that way, or they don't fall into place. So if we were just a little bit more kinder, I think we can definitely be happier and calmer and and Mm -hmm. lighter people.
2: And that really is a starting point because, you know, people are always telling you to be a good person, be kind to others, show love. But if you can't even give that to yourself, then there's nothing to share with everyone else.
1: That's so completely true. But how did you get to this point, Abby? Like one thing I notice about you is you have the most positive attitude on life, despite the many different challenges that you've been through. So how have you managed to do that? I guess my faith
2: played a really huge factor. I grew, I grew up in a Christian home. I was very active in church. So more than my insecurities and the trials that I experienced as the challenges, there would always be that silver lining and encouragement that there's a reason for everything. You have to trust God and your journey because he sees everything. He sees he has a great plan and purpose for you. So sometimes even if There are circumstances that are discouraging. There's so much fear and doubt. Once you take a back step, once, sorry, (laughs) once you take a step back and see that you may only be focusing on your emotions or your fears and see things from God's perspective, from the creator's perspective, then you worry less and you just move forward with faith instead.
1: You know I think that's a really good tip Abby that if we could switch out of our little narrow perspective of life and we could start to see things from the creator god or the source's perspective I mean things would look entirely different Yeah in my in my healing sessions Abby with my clients sometimes I I download my clients you know Would you like to see the creator's perspective of this? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, would you like to know what it looks like to see yourself through God's eyes? Mm -hmm. And it just kind of shifts everything. It shifts the perspective. And so I think when we get a little too caught up in the drama of our life, if we could learn to shift perspectives, I think that would be really, really helpful. So I'm glad you actually shared that. Thanks, Anaya. And
2: to add to that, you know, I would always look back and sometimes feel ashamed that I'm looking down on myself when God sees me as special and fearfully and wonderfully made. If our creator sees us that way, who are we to say no, you're wrong. I'm actually a loser. I'm actually ugly. You know, it's like countering, countering something, countering the truth with stuff that you know, are just coming from your minds and from your insecurities and fears
1: and and that is so true that we have to remember that we came here actually beautiful perfect beings and along the way we may have forgotten that mm-hmm. but i hope that today is a good reminder for everyone listening <laughs> that we are actually so much more amazing than we let ourselves think now for you abby at the age of 4 you were diagnosed with alopecia areata if i'm saying yeah. that correctly so that must have been quite a shock, you know, at at four to kind of grasp that there was something happening with you and probably mm-hmm. required treatment, something that probably shifted the course of your life. So tell us a little bit more about that. And also, if you could tell our listeners what alopecia actually is.
2: Okay, so alopecia is a hair loss condition. It's an autoimmune disease where your immune system attacks your hair follicles instead of defending it so it went hair haywire and thought that your hair follicles was the enemy so uh, ariata you mentioned a while ago starts with patches round patches but there are actually different types of alopecia so in my case it started off that way but i transitioned into totalis which is complete hair loss to alopecia universalis which is total body hair loss so i didn't have eyebrows i didn't have lashes growing up. And like what you said, it was kind of difficult to understand what was going on cuz all I knew was that I looked different from everybody else. And because of that I got bullied of course. People would stare at me, laugh at me, call me Kalbo behind not just behind but even to my face. Kalbo means bald. So bald. bald. So that term was very traumatic for me and I hated being called Kalbo because it just it reinforced how incomplete I was. It reinforced how different I was from everybody else. And so I always had that insecurity that I could never be as beautiful (laughs) or as complete compared to other girls. Plus, you know, when you're in school and you're being told how your hair is the crowning glory of a woman, first quarter (laughs) during the semester, I I already feel so different. And yeah, it, it affected how I interacted with people. I was just blessed because my family never made me feel that I wasn't normal because of my alopecia. But it was pretty obvious, especially when we were out, that they could only protect me as as much as they can. <laughs> um, it was a cruel world for, for kids like myself.
1: It sounds, Abby, pretty traumatic. How did you cope? How did you handle all of this growing up?
2: I, I forgot to mention, but there was a there was an instance where I would, because I used to wear a hat in school, so that was my that was my uh, crutch. <laughs> I, I had to wear a hat, but there was a time that my classmate, one of my classmates, pulled my hat in front of the assembly, and all I could do was smile but with tears in my eyes because i didn't know how to handle the situation so i guess one of the things that i learned to do was to to have a brave face to always project project to other people that i was okay it didn't really matter what you what you think or what you're saying behind my back because I'm okay and I could put a smile on my face. But behind that, you know, it was very difficult to, to go to your room and cry and pray every time at night because you're always putting up a facade. So one of the things that helped me was to be a cheerful, funny life of the, the party kind of person. But I knew growing up that that was just a mask because I was tr- trying to, uh, divert people's attention from my own insecurities
1: wow Abby I mean I can't imagine the 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 burden and the pressure on a child to have to mask their feelings and emotions yeah. especially now when we understand how important it is to talk about our feelings to face them to confront them and I really you know I really credit you for how far you've come from that Thank now
0: you.
1: now Abby Considering you found it difficult to, you know, to be around children and be around other people because of your differences, right? You chose a career that puts you in front of everybody. I know. I mean, you're a singer, (laughs) you're a host, you're a composer. So you are in an industry where you can't avoid interaction with an audience.
2: Yeah. And people staring at you all
1: In- the time, literally. Right. <laughs> so the performing. irony of it, mm-hmm. the the irony of that. And, and so my question is, you know, why did you choose that path? And yeah. what were the challenges
2: that came up with that? It's kind of interesting because we were talking about having a mask and I chose a field that that entails that I perform. So in response to your question, it was just like me literally performing, not just as an artist, but as a woman, because I couldn't hide the fact that I really wanted to sing, that, that was my passion. I wanted, I like talking, I like being in front of people. And so coming from wearing hats, before I learned to transition to wearing wigs to at least have that semblance of being normal so that I wouldn't stand out because of my condition. So people would think that I was beautiful according to the world's standards. But even if I would be on a gig or doing a shoot and doing my thing excellently, the truth was behind my back, I would always wonder about why people were looking at me. For example, I would be singing and then they would look at me listening but in my mind i would think oh they're looking at my hair why is it not is it not straight do i need to move the bangs or or are they talking about me wearing a wig you know instead of me being 100 percent all in when it comes to what i did i was always con- concerned about what they thought about my hair so uh even if but even if I- even if i had all those insecurities i never I never let people see it. I guess part of my coping mechanism was really trying to avoid people seeing that I was affected by my condition. And they didn't know, by the way. I I didn't talk about it that much before. Only my good friends knew that I was wearing a wig. Of course, other people knew. I'm sure they did, but I would never tell them that I had alopecia.
1: So I was in hiding. (laughs) So that must have been really stressful, Abby, like... The whole time being anxious about what people are thinking about you, you know, trying to make sure that nobody knows, even yeah. though secretly you knew that they knew something. Mm-hmm. You know, something was there. Could now, I share a
2: quick story too? Uh, sorry, yes, 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 yes. Again, because when I was, oh, no, I love that. I did a travel show, and I love traveling. I love going on adventures. But then, whenever the the segment producer would assign a particular episode, like you should go swimming or do bungee jumping or uh, I don't know, do something crazy. Instead of being excited, I would be limited because of my wigs. I, I didn't know how to tell them that I can- I couldn't go underwater because my hair is gonna <laughs> float away. So, uh, <laughs> I, I it was it was so it was so stressful, like what you said. But yeah, I I, I had to learn to find ways around it, and more than being limited. Because of my wigs, I realized how it was really myself. I, I was limiting myself. I was limiting what it was that I could do, what it was that I could get into because of my hair. Because if, like if I were just honest about my condition, I'm sure they would understand and we could find ways around it. But I didn't let them in. Because for me, this was something that I, I had to uh, deal with on my own. But yeah, at the end of the day, it just made me all the more insecure. <laughs> about my condition
1: now in in your case abby okay so you had alopecia it was something you wanted to hide yes but i think for women out there and you know actually men as well i think for everyone out there if you think about it there is usually something we all want to hide from Mm -hmm. other people You know, something about ourself. It doesn't even, it's not necessarily also physical all the time. It could Mm -hmm. be something we feel about our self-worth. It could be, you know, um, something that happened to us as a child. Mm -hmm. So everybody has, like, their own secret or their own um, sort of aspect or part of themselves that they hide. Okay, so what would you say to those people who are still in hiding? they're still afraid to show that part of themselves to the world, given your experiences with it. And I know you mentioned that, you know, if you had just told people you might've been able to work around things. Yeah. So what advice would you give people who are still in hiding in some way? It could be even their sexual orientation. It could Mm -hmm. be, you know, anything that they're not comfortable sharing with others
2: yeah i realized in 2012 when i finally came out bald i'm sure we're gonna get into that a little later but what i realized was when i reached that point that i learned to accept what i was trying to hide and actually be open about it bring it to the light it lost its power over me and with all our insecurities, regardless if it's alopecia or whatever it is that you guys are going through, to those who are listening, it only has power over you if you give it power. And once you are vulnerable about how it affects you, and even vulnerable enough to share it with other people, then it it loses that hold that it has on you. Just like I was talking about how the word kalbo was so negative for me and it, it caused me to like cry or feel bad about myself. But when I was the one who came out in 2012 and say, Hi guys, I have alopecia. I'm calbo. And then if people said, Oh, you're calbo. I know I said that, right? So there's no power over me. I, I, it, it lost its power over me because I was able to acknowledge it. I was able to own it, not because I wanted to uh, keep it, but I just recognize that it's a part of me and it's something that I could rise above and accept.
1: And I think that's such a powerful thing to say that if we can stop being afraid or rejecting a part of ourselves, right? Then it loses its power over us, whether yeah. it's a fear, whether it's something we reject, whether it's something we, um, we hide, like everything that controls us has a power over us, but the minute we take that control back, you know, we get our power back. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge shift. That's the turning point. It sounds like for you and for a lot of people as well. Mm -hmm. But I also say, Abby, that most of the time our challenges, maybe any condition we're dealing with, our disease, our life situations, that even though they might be negative or difficult, they actually end up serving us in a positive way they do something for us, right? Like you might've heard of the idea of the hero's journey. You Mm -hmm. know, you go through all that difficulty and challenge and you emerge a hero. Yeah. So what would you say about alopecia? How did it serve you or benefit you in a positive way?
2: I could honestly say that my alopecia led me to my purpose because right now I have never been so fulfilled (laughs) as a woman, as a musician, Everything that I do, because I know that I'm right where God wants me to be. Um, one of my whys is my whys is being that person that my uh, my younger self needed growing up. I didn't have an ate, an elder sister look to look up to because of my condition. No one was there to tell me that it's okay. You're still beautiful. You could still do whatever it is that you want. Even if you don't have hair. No, I was kind of left in the dark because even if my family and my friends were supportive, they really couldn't relate to what I was going through. So when I finally reached that point of completely accepting myself in 2012, I had an epiphany and I knew that the reason why I had my alopecia was so I could help other people and the next generation of those who are going to grow up with the the hair loss disease, to not go through what I had to go through. And so now, even with our awareness campaigns, with Alopecia Philippines, which is the NGO that we have, with my music, I always make it a point that it has something encouraging and empowering because I know that that's the reason why God
1: gave me my voice, my
2: singing voice, and my voice as a woman.
1: You know, I grew up, Abby, with a friend of mine who had alopecia. So I really understand a lot of what you're talking about. And I also do believe like you that the challenges that we have in our life, there really are challenges because we were meant to learn something or do something great with that. And I can kind of see Mm -hmm. that in you. Like I see how, you know, you turned your challenge, your biggest challenge in your life to your advocacy. And you definitely advocate for it with a passion. So how did that transformation happen? How did you get there to a point where you could take something that you were hiding, that you were afraid of Mm -hmm. maybe, or you were maybe even ashamed about Mm -hmm. growing up? How could you take that and make it something that you are so vocal and so passionate about?
2: Well, it came from a place of heartbreak and pain. <laughs> Just a brief backstory. I was twenty four already when I came out with my alopecia, so it it took a while i I wouldn't say that I'm like I came out with my condition right when I had it, and I was brave and courageous right away. No, I had to like what we were talking about, be ashamed of it, hide it from people. Painful experience. But in 2012, being the singer that I was, I, I released the music. I was going to release a music video. And then while we were editing, I was wearing a wig in the video. The director and my manager talked to me and they said, Sorry, Abby, it's not working. Your hair is not moving. It's not going to work. So imagine how, how upset I was. Like, what? I worked hard for this. This is me putting my soul into that video. And all you could see is my hair. So after that happened, I came home devastated, crying, didn't know what to do with my life. It was like I was always trying to meet a certain standard. I was always trying to perform and be like everybody else. And still, it wasn't enough. And they suggested that I go bald as a marketing stunt. And it was so heartbreaking for me to hear that because they didn't know what I had to go through with my alopecia and how I was bullied and how insecure and depressed I was because of my condition. And so I came home, I searched online. I just searched bald girls, tried to see how it would look like if I were to actually go bald. And then I came across alopecia awareness. And there was none here in the the Philippines, but turns out in other parts of the world, there were foundations, there were movements, there's alopecia awareness month. And I saw photos of women. Going selfies, ball, their boyfriend kissing their head. And I was, I was crying so much because I never thought that I could actually reach that point where they were. It was like it challenged me. Now, if they could, if they could be so confident and secure about their condition, how come I'm still here, ashamed and in hiding? And it was during that moment that I had a turning point, And I said to myself, I don't want to be this person anymore. I wanted to step into what I thought or what I already believed, started to believe at that time that there was a reason. There was a bigger and deeper reason for me having my alopecia. And so that was really how things changed for me. I was challenged by other people. And now it's like I want to be able to pass that on to uh the next generation.
1: How did it feel, Abby, when you found all these people out there in the world, you know, mm-hmm. who shared your condition, you know, that there were organizations, there were people talking about it, there were people who was showing, you know, their their baldness and mm-hmm. embracing it. How did that feel? I felt bad initially because I couldn't believe that they were there,
2: <laughs> like in that state of mind and state of self love because for me alopecia was really a weakness a limitation i always related it to something negative but at the same time it made me excited because it kind of gave me a reason and it was it suddenly there was that light bulb and i was like i could turn this around i could make a choice i could stay in the in the pit where i was or i could actually use it not just to come out of the pit but to to bring people out along with me.
1: I think the the operative word you used is I can change. I can make mm. a different choice. Mm-hmm. And so you chose so it was a choice. You chose yes. to embrace it. You chose to kind of recognize and see yourself mm-hmm. for who you really are. And I think that that's something that is worth thinking about. That sometimes it's really a choice. You know, it's yeah. not like it's not like we have to just deal with whatever we are, we are given in our life, but we can make choices about yeah. how we deal with it. You know, just as we can make choices about how we react. So we yes. have that power. We have that ability. And, um, I think that's really important to, to speak about. And in relation to the
2: choice, I realize how the choice doesn't necessarily mean that it's all uphill from there. Like it, it takes steps of being brave one day at a time. Like when I decided to come out with my alopecia, the first thing that I did was make a status and say September is alopecia awareness month. And then I posted a photo doing this, which means alopecia awareness, but I still wasn't showing people my head. But it, it, it took a while for me to actually get to that point wherein I wrote a song about being bald. I came out and sang it without my wig i started the organization it didn't happen overnight and i guess in relation to that choice that we were talking about we should also be patient with ourselves if things don't happen right away it, it it's a constant it's a constant choosing <laughs> of yourself and choosing of what it is that you want to achieve
1: you know it's like uh, it was reminding me of how i went swimming you know some time ago and the water was really cold and uh-huh. i don't like cold water like i i i want warm water if i'm uh-huh. going to swim right and of course i can't always get that but i remember i dipped my foot in <laughs> and it was cold mm-hmm. but I got used to it. And then I put my knee, you know, up to my knees. And then I slowly allowed myself to immerse into the water. And what was once very cold, eventually became very comfortable, and almost enjoyable. And I think Uh that's what it's like, It's just, you know, get your feet wet. Mm-hmm. And it might feel really cold initially, but you get used to it and then it feels more comfortable. And then you go in slowly until you are completely ready to, you know, dive into the water. And so you're right. We have to be patient. We have to be considerate of ourselves. And I think we have to do it without any pressure. So yeah. I love completely. that example.
2: Thank you for yeah, sharing that. That's a good While visual. you were talking,
1: <laughs> I was thinking about that. Now, before we get to the next question, we're going to be right back after this short break. One thing I really value is looking out for myself. And as I always say, the most important relationship that you will ever have is the one with yourself. That is why you should start caring for yourself and plan for your future. With BPI, the country's most trusted bank, you can now take a leap to your future and build the dream you've always wanted. For those who are not yet BPI clients and do not have an account with BPI, by downloading the mobile app, your future will be secured, personalized, and instant. Just tap, open a new account to create your account and fill out all the details needed together with your valid ID. It's that easy. You can also load money with Gcash, Paymaya, Lazada, GrabPay, Megapay, and Jazzy Pay and pay your bills anytime with contactless payments. You will also enjoy managing your finances confidently with unmatched online banking security. Karma isn't the only digital thing you have to believe in. You must always believe with digital success and you can do that only with BPI. Download the BPI mobile app and open an online account anywhere today. Kaya Yan with BPI. Now, what changed, Abby? So you did this, you know, you you announced to the world that you have alopecia. You showed mm-hmm. your true most authentic self. What happened after that? I think everything just started falling into place for
2: me. Whereas before, I was always trying to conform. And trying to be like everyone else or trying to be successful the way I thought singers are supposed to be or beautiful the way I thought women are supposed to be. When I learned to completely be comfortable about myself and love myself, everything just started falling into place. I didn't have to force anything when it comes to my music. The songwriting, fl- the songwriting flowed easily because it was coming from such a genuine place in my heart i wasn't i wasn't trying to please other people with the way i lived my life or what it is that i did as an artist or as a as a woman and even the right opportunities came when when i came out bald with my alopecia i thought it would only be me or maybe a handful of people but then People started messaging me, and now we're around 3,000 in Alopecia, Philippines, even online. I got invited to share my story. I was a speaker in California for the National Alopecia Ariadna Foundation Conference. And they were the people who I saw when I was trying to make a decision to go bald. They were the ones that I saw when I was researching. And things just, just had such a huge turnaround, and I wouldn't be there thriving with my perceived weakness and my perceived condition or limitation i wouldn't be there if i didn't make that choice and if i didn't decide to take a leap of faith it was still so scary i remember the night where the night when i came out bald i was crying backstage because what i did was i wrote a song it was entitled beautiful inspired by my my journey the inspiration was me talking to the four year old girl crying four-year-old me, (laughs) crying, being bullied, wearing a hat, no eyebrows, no eyelashes, what would she have needed to hear? And so the chorus of the song goes, beautiful, you're beautiful just as you are. Shine your light, you're a star. It's so simple, but it's something that I would have desperately needed to hear when I was a girl. So before I released that song in public without my wigs, I was crying backstage because I still couldn't believe that I was going that I was going to go through it. I was so afraid, but the tug in my heart was just much stronger to go in and dive in. And so since then, since that very liberating experience that I've had in my life, I, I, I have never been the most, I have never been more happier and more at peace with myself and my journey.
1: You know, Abby, I think there are millions of little girls out there who still need to hear that. And sometimes the most yeah. simplest of words go a really long way. And so mm-hmm. what you're talking about is the inner child. You know, a lot of us still have exactly. that inner child version of us that just needs to be loved, that just needs to be told, yeah. you know. A f- a, a you're going to make me change.
2: cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you
1: know, you know what? Because it's true.
2: Like even now I'm a grown woman, but sometimes it's not just the external beauty, but beauty in terms of the journey that you're experiencing. And you have all these questions about am I doing the right thing? Am I on the right path? We have all these questions, but then there's that little voice that's supposed to remind you, your your inner child, telling you that you're beautiful just as you are. Just keep doing your thing, and like what i said i'm 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 a grown woman now, but there are still moments when I cry from hearing my own song because there are moments I still don't feel as beautiful, I still don't feel I'm enough, and it's it's a it's an ongoing journey for all of us to be yeah. so secure about who we are and like Project Loving Myself, it's a constant decision to love yourself every day.
1: And that's why, you know, work in progress, not just mm-hmm. you, but all, all of us. I'm, as a woman, I completely relate to that, that I'm still constantly reminding myself that it's okay not to be, you know, that perfect person. And that it's okay when we have these doubts and we have these questions and when we falter, that's all okay. It's part of the journey. And yeah. and that's what makes the journey so beautiful. That's what makes mm-hmm. the journey, you know, so special. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and your journey certainly has been really, really special. Now, I have to, I have to ask this question. OK, what was it like to meet Mark Zuckerberg? I know that you got <laughs> to meet him. Yeah. As part of your um platform of of uh advocating for alopecia, mm-hmm. I know that you've had some very, very, very unique and amazing experiences, but that one I really want to know about.
2: Yeah, so it was one of the girls in the US, Rachel Regal. She saw my story online because of the double a hand sign campaign that I did. And we became friends through Facebook. And I didn't know that she wrote Facebook. <laughs> She wrote Facebook through Facebook saying that we have this friendship because of the advocacy that we have. And then I didn't know that they had this Friends Day celebration back in 2016. And they were picking different stories from all around the world. And our story, we were lucky. We were fortunate enough to be chosen as one of the seven stories. And we were flown to the u.s to meet mark zuckerberg cheryl sandberg so super amazing experience to be in the facebook compound it was exhilarating but at the same time i remember this i i actually made a vlog about it i was having wine in my room after meeting mark zuckerberg and i was crying because i couldn't believe that i would end up being there and I'm going to cry again. Sorry, I'm very, I'm very <laughs> go, emotional. Go ahead. Go ahead, Abby. No, this, this, is, <laughs> this is a safe zone. Because coming from my story and not wanting alopecia in my life to recognizing that it's part of my grand purpose, my bigger purpose. You know, meeting Mark Zuckerberg was something that I could have never imagined that I could experience or even dream of. Like, we don't really say, oh, I I dream about meeting Mark Zuckerberg. It was was like a bonus. And I realized that the only reason I was there was because I took a leap of faith and I decided to choose faith over fear. Uh, I wouldn't be there if I didn't take something that I saw as my weakness, something that was limiting to me, if I didn't try to turn it around. And like what I said, God just opened doors me after I took that one little step. Well, it wasn't so little after all turns out because so many things happened afterwards.
1: Well, that one little step was a giant leap and it propelled you into the likes of Mark Zuckerberg. So I congratulate you, Abby, (laughs) on what you've accomplished. It's pretty amazing. Now, Abby, use your music you use your music to touch people, to give light to your advocacy. And I know you write and sing your own music. Now your songs, like every one of your songs has a very deep meaning. It has messages that, you know, I feel like come from your heart. What would you say inspires you the most when you're writing and singing? Is it really like your life experiences? Is it more than that? Tell me about your process. As
2: much as I can, I don't want to write about anything that I'm not familiar with. So, most of my songs are based on my personal experiences or on the lives of my close friends. So, like, some of my friends would be like, Is that about me? But yeah, <laughs> I, I try to gain inspiration from what everyone else is experiencing. But I remember hearing India Ari and Stacey Orico. There was a time in my life I would cry every time I would hear their music be- because it was just so. It wasn't just entertaining or good to listen to, but it always touched my heart. There was always that message that I needed to hear at that time. And I said, if I were to write songs and use my muse and if I were to write songs and share my music, I, I would always want it to have some sort of positive impact on those that are listening to it. And so I use that as my guiding force to not do anything that isn't authentic to me. But at the same time, I I would always want it to have a message, a positive message that could help whoever might be listening to it.
1: You know, Abby, you use the word authentic. And I think that's the word that I would I would use for a lot of the things that you have been saying in today's episode. And I think that giant leap of faith that you talked about, I think coming out and showing people, you know, who you truly are, Mm -hmm. like all of that is really about being your most authentic self. And it's all about authenticity. Mm -hmm. So tell me your thoughts about that.
2: Another backstory. (laughs) I was on the voice of the Philippines and I auditioned and they made me sing a song that i didn't want to sing i sang girl on fire had a good message but it wasn't true to who i was as an artist it wasn't my range it wasn't something that i normally sang but still because i wanted to please other people i was like okay let me sing it and then i came on stage afraid nervous there not to express who i was but more trying to impress them and i didn't Mm. get a I didn't get any of the coaches to turn for me. And that that little example serves as a huge reminder for me all the time to never be somebody that I'm not. Because the world doesn't need a fabricated version of myself or me trying to imitate everybody else. The world needs my light based on my own journey, based on my own dreams, desires, personality, character. I wouldn't, be able to serve that if I was just trying to be like everybody else. And so with everything that I do, say, post online, I always make sure, I always have that question at the back of my mind. Is this really what you want to say? Is this who mm. you really are? Because I, I already came from that most of my life of being... A performer and trying to put on a mask every day just so I wouldn't make it seem like I was upset because of my condition. I I, I don't wanna have anything to do with that anymore. I, I know that if I were to make an impact in the world or if I were to make to leave a legacy, I wanted to be that authentic version of myself, the most authentic version of myself.
1: Abby that is so inspiring and I want to highlight what you said which is you know never try to be someone else be who you truly are mm. and for someone who came from hiding herself you know wanting wanting to to do away with with your truth to someone who now is the biggest advocate of authenticity mm. I mean that is just incredible to see in in a person thank you And you avidly Abby, you avidly speak about women's empowerment. I mean, in one of the songs in, you mentioned earlier, Maria Clara, you take the point of view of a woman in the midst of the sort of millennial dating scene. <laughs> yeah. And again, Maria Clara is like that iconic Filipina character. Back in the day, she's meek, demure, prim, and proper. Yeah. But, but you speak of a Maria Clara that actually wants to empower women to choose themselves, to mm-hmm. choose their own happiness. So how close is that song to your own journey of love and self-empowerment?
2: Yeah, very close. Because like what you said, Maria Clara is the stereotypical idea of what a Filipina should be. And that's very much related to who I was, not just growing up, but even now as a woman trying to still find myself. And, you know, there's a constant... Cause just a background on the song. It's about dating. <laughs> so Maria Clara is about fleeting relationships and not being on the same page as someone. You want something long term. The other person doesn't want that. But at the same time, you want, you want him so bad. Am I going to give in or am I going to know my worth? Am I going to know my value? Am I going to stand up for who I know I am and what I believe in? That's what Maria Clara is about. And I think. When it comes to advocating for women, it really is about that, knowing your worth, being unapologetic about it, not trying to live based on certain stereotypical standards, but just going back to authenticity, but just being able to know who you are, accept that, love that, and being unafraid to show other people that side of you. And I think one of the one of my biggest lessons too is not caring so much about what other people think. Most of my life I was always concerned about what they would say or what they would think about me. But I think a huge part about loving yourself is listening to your voice more than what everybody else is saying about you.
1: That was so incredibly well said Abby. Thank you, you really I can I can feel the you know I can feel that sort of journey you've been through I can feel how much you've grown as a person and how much you want to help others to get there like it's just it's in your voice it's in your face I mean you are definitely (laughs) where you should be in your life which is just so amazing to have on this podcast now tell me Abby about tell me about your wellness diary so I know that you have a page called Abby's <laughs> Wellness Diary. Yeah. When and why did this become important to you to actually be this advocate that you are for, mm-hmm. you know, well-being, for self-love, for confidence, for self-acceptance. Yeah. When did it start?
2: That was supposed to be just for myself, <laughs> for me to keep track of my journey. Because it started during the pandemic. March, I think. I for a good three months when the pandemic started, I was literally lost and crying almost every day. And, okay, here I am again. <laughs> and i the reason why I started that, because with everything that we're talking about and being able to completely love and embrace who you are, it's not a destination. It's like an ongoing process. And coming from last year, I was so excited about 2020 and everything that was in store. And then all of a sudden, we were on lockdown and I can't shoot my music video. I can't record. I can't do my talks and my concerts. If I still release music, would people actually care? Everyone's just trying to survive. What am I? Who am I now that I don't get to sing, that I don't get to speak? And so I did the wellness diary because I had to go back to myself and my being more than who I was and what I was doing as a woman, and I, I heard it from someone I don't know where exactly, but it stuck to me ever since. When when lockdown happened, we were all confined to our homes. We were we were uh, stuck at home, but that was actually an opportunity for us to find our home in our hearts, minus the busyness, minus the minus us performing and trying to uh, make an impact in the world. And trying to uh, share your message through your music. Who is Abby? I didn't know during the pandemic. I literally didn't know. So I was, I felt so sad. Okay, understatement sad. I was depressed for like a good two, three months. I was crying all the time. I did a wellness diary because I had to reconnect with the things that made me happy and gave me joy as Abby, as myself. And, moving on now we're trying to to do our uh, get back into the busyness and adjusting with all the the online events the online the all the work that we have i i keep my diary to remind me to always be connected to who i am more than what i do and i guess that's just my message for other people also to never lose sight of your identity and to not let what you do define you, <laughs> but to just love yourself for being you,
1: you know, Abby, I totally relate because this podcast, Project Loving Myself, I started it during the pandemic, mm. like this entire journey, right? this is this is from the pandemic. It's pandemic yeah. born. and mm-hmm. you know i can I can understand that we all need those reminders, yeah, that if you take away what we do, if you take away our career our job you take away all these you strip us mm-hmm. of all these things that distract us they keep us busy who are we really yeah. you know that's the the identity that we have to rediscover that's what we have to come back to mm-hmm. and i guess that this it's been what more than a year now we are all uh, we've all struggled at some mm-hmm. point i would imagine to get yep. to that understanding, to reconnect back to who we truly are, to that authentic self. Yeah. Now, what would you say, Abby, to those people who are still struggling to to find their identity, to accept themselves, who are still maybe insecure, and it could be because of a physical condition, it could be as their own limitation or weakness that they um, have difficulty accepting or even seeing. What would you say to them, given your experiences in your own life?
2: What I learned is that you can't find the answer looking outward. It always is an inward journey. And it's about looking at what is here, what is here, and who you are, and being able to love yourself. It's such a basic message, but so many people tend to forget or to lose sight of it you to just completely love and accept yourself your unique self for who you are minus all the things that the world is telling you telling you to become to uh, meet a certain standard if you look within yourself are you happy with the person that you're becoming are you uh, at peace are you fulfilled is there joy in your heart so yeah it's an internal thing more than trying to look outward
1: and Abby, do you do anything in particular to keep reminding yourself, you know, to to love yourself, to accept yourself? Like, are there little actions or rituals that you do, um, whether it's for a uh, self-love reminder or even for self-care? What do you do then? You can share with us.
2: Other than the wellness diary that I started during the, the start of the pandemic, I got into meditation that was one thing that really helped me with my journey. Um, now I can't imagine not spending at least 10 to 15 minutes of just being still and clearing my mind. And the because the meditation that I do, I wouldn't say that I'm an expert. I, I guess when I got into it, I just really needed to to realign and reconnect. So I would listen to guided meditations and there would be positive affirmations with the different episodes that I would listen to and it really helped. I got into uh, um plants too. <laughs> I became a plantita <laughs> over the pandemic. That mm-hmm. even if like I could spend hours just tending to my garden, not caring about about anything else, but I knew that I was caring for myself because I was doing something that made me happy. So uh other than that, I I I make it a point to always spend time with my family cuz they
1: they make me happy as well. You know, I'm glad you mentioned uh, being a plantita (laughs) because I I totally find myself gravitating towards that. And one thing I've noticed is, you know, Abby, when we kind of surround ourselves with higher vibration beings, so plants actually have a very high vibration Mm. and so do babies, you know, so do babies, by the way. So when we surround ourselves with, vibrations that are higher than us then they really help to recharge us they relax yeah. us they uplift us mm-hmm. you know and i'm sure you can relate that if you're having a bad day and you just kind of go to your garden or your plants you feel a lot better yeah and my you know? dogs
2: too i forgot to mention my dogs they would be yes. upset if they saw the episode they're like where are we That's <laughs> my dogs of course
1: my dogs yeah make me happy as well and that makes, you know, it makes a huge difference to our energy when we have this kind of, uh, you know, beings around us to support us, to love us and to to help us kind of navigate through life. And just a funny story, I was doing a workout the other day and I was just struggling with some of the different, you know, exercises and moves I had to do and I was just feeling really tired and my, my two and a half, three, three month old baby came into the room and I just kind of looked at her and I hugged her and I was just smiling and, and I went back to my workout and I just had so much more, more energy. energy and I could do. Yeah, I could do every posture. I could do every move with so much more energy. Yeah. And the only thing that had shifted and changed was I took like a minute to go, you know, look at her, be with her, hold her, mm. and I went back to my workout. And I was I was recharged. I yeah. was stronger. I was happier, and I was more, you know, more excited to be to be working my body out. <laughs> so nice. I, I think the you. The universe gives us a lot and we need to kind of look around us and remind ourselves that we have these people who love us. Mm -hmm. We have plants and pets Mm -hmm. and family and we have lots of different places to go for love and for energy.
2: And could I just add on the flip side, another thing that I kind of had to learn the hard way was to be firm about my boundaries too and not allow we were speaking about positive energy I've also learned to distance myself or cut myself from things that I know would not be good for me or, or would drain my energy so that's part of the process too
1: and it's true, energy management, you know, making sure you're only surrounding yourself with the energies that are conducive to your life, mm-hmm. that actually, you know, are positive impacts and staying away from the energy that's not helping you, that's actually draining you, or we call them energy vampires. Yeah. But, you know, I think that's that's uh, for another conversation. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go more deeper into yes. that, though it's a very interesting topic. Um, but with that, Abby, I have my last question for you what is your Project Loving Myself message or mantra that you can share with our listeners? What's that one statement, affirmation that sort of encapsulates everything that I think you would like to to say to yourself or share with others? Could
2: I sing the chorus of my song, Beautiful? Oh, that would be amazing. Because I think that's... That's my main message, like feeling ko, like even when I die, even when I die morbid, I hope that people would remember this very simple message when they listen to the song. It goes like this. Beautiful, you are beautiful. You're beautiful just as you are. Beautiful, you are beautiful show the world who you are
1: shine your light you're a star there abby now you have me with tears in my eyes Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and goosebumps there sorry that was that was spectacular (sighs)
0: And I love that.
2: Now you're giving me goosebumps too because of your (laughs) feedback. (laughs) Thank you. But yeah, I hope that message resonates with with the people who are going to be listening to this.
1: This was really a wonderful conversation, Abby. I think I got so much out of it and I'm sure our listeners did too. I um, am so grateful for everything that you've shared. I think your message deserves to be heard. I think a lot of people out there, I mean... So many people, I think, would benefit so greatly from your experiences. And sometimes, you know, maybe that's why we had to go through it—is because we mm. needed to get through it to share with other people how to get yeah. through things better in their own lives. So thank you for that, and thank you for being with us on the podcast. May I uh, request You're welcome, you,
2: Abby? Shania.
1: May I request you to share your details with our listeners? I'm sure they're going to want to follow you if they can join Abby's Wellness Diary. I'm sure that diary. would be also <laughs> a great help. Yes, guys. So
2: my my username is at Abby Asistio on almost all social media platforms except Facebook. It's at Abby Asistio Music. If you like that song that I sang, that was entitled "Beautiful," and all my other original songs are on Spotify. Apple Music, and all digital stores worldwide. I hope you could check it out. And if you have alopecia or know anyone with a hair loss condition, simply go to at alopecia Philippines on Facebook and Instagram, and we'd be there to uh, help you.
1: Thank you, Abby. What an inspiring conversation, wasn't it? I'm still reeling from that song that she sang at the end of the episode. It really just said so much that I think I needed to hear, and I'm sure a lot of you wanted to hear as well. Now, if you are on Instagram and Facebook, please do tag at Project Loving Myself Podcast and at Sanaya Gurnamal when you share your thoughts about this episode. And please do share and do let others know about this podcast. I would really appreciate it. Do follow this podcast on Spotify and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. With your support, this podcast can continue to inspire us all to live our best lives. Our quote for today's episode is, Your story is the key that can unlock someone else's prison. On our show, Abby reminded me of this quote that I had once read before. And I remember when I read it, how it stopped me in my own tracks and inspired me to always share my story. So share your story with us. I would love to hear more about your life and how this podcast might be making a difference. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Season 3, and do check out Season 1 and 2 if you haven't already. Project Loving Myself is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics. You are love.